Hey guys, Cole Neely here. If you haven't had a chance, go to WCCPFM.com. I was on a roar on Wednesday last week on July 7th of 2021. I had two hours on it, so go back and listen to it. I was talking about the NIL, the ACC quarterbacks, and a little bit of the SEC. With a little bit of trivia mixed into that. So if you haven't had a chance, go to WCCPFM.com. You can hear me on the roar on the series, The Press Box. That's the name of the show on the roar.com. Or not the roar.com, but WCCPFM.com. Look for The Press Box. That was the show. Uh, I was on with Mark Childress. So definitely go back, listen to that, and just show some love. And on to the episode. Hey, I want to talk to you. Let me talk to you real quick. Hey, come here, come here, come here. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to tell you something. Hey, come here, come here. Hey, just, just come here, man. Let me, t- let, me t- let me tell you something real quick, man. Just, just come on. Top of the morning, real Southern football listeners. How are y'all? Cole, we're doing great, man. How are you doing? We're excited. Guys, I'm doing great per usual. Welcome to episode three of the podcast, but episode two of our early predictions for this fall. We're looking at week two, and our current things are as follow: VMI 1-0, Sanford 1-0, Furman 1-0, UTC 1-0, Mercer 1-0, Wofford 1-0, ETSU 0-1, Western Carolina 0-1, and Citadel 0-1. That feels like a mouthful to say. Well, guys, um, for this week, it seems like we're going to have an interesting episode as well. Uh, we got to sit down and talk to Chris Edmonds, preseason All-American DB for the Sanford Bulldogs also was voted a consensus All-American during the spring 2021 season. So the guy is really, he's a really good football player, really great guy to talk to. Um, you guys are going to love this episode with me just talking with him. Uh, great story that he has. A lot of things that some people may not know about him, but a really good story that I think you guys are going to really like to hear. But before we get to that, let's go ahead and get to our week two p- predictions for who's going to win. These games, SoCon teams playing out-of-conference teams still. And we're going to go ahead and start off with the Catamounts, who began week two, 0-1. And if you're a Catamount fan and you're hoping to bounce back this week, it probably ain't going to happen. The Catamounts travel to Oklahoma, and they take on the Sooners. The Sooners are going to be phenomenal. Look at who they have at quarterback, Spencer Rattler. Everybody's been talking about the kid like money and like milk on a a cow, guys. I don't have the analogies for it. I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna sit here and try it. <laughs> guys, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna even do it. I don't have the analogies for it. But uh Spencer Rattler, one of the top five quarterbacks uh coming from the twenty twenty season in the fall. It feels weird to say that, doesn't it? Twenty twenty season that happened in the fall, the twenty twenty one spring season. It feels so weird to say it. Oh gosh, I hate saying that, but oh well. But uh, as soon as defense will come to play, a lot of people like to make jokes about um, teams that play in the the Big Twelve and how uh, it's not really like a a defensive league and how uh, no defense is played. Well, that may not be the case this time around. So uh, I feel like as soon as defense will show up, they're going to show up and show out. I think that we might. Of course, I really do think we're going to see a blowout game. Um, and this is no not the Western Carolina. I mean, I hope you guys do find a way to contain them. But no no other way, I don't really see you guys pulling off that win. I just feel like that it's just going to come down to can you keep it to – can you make, make it a game to where it, it makes you feel like you're going to grow and you're going to have success 
in the fall. That's the biggest thing that comes from these games. You play against a, an opponent that's going to be considered a top 10 team and you want to make sure that you play well against them and you want to create some momentum going into the you know the conference schedule and playing teams that are supposed to be heavyweights in the conference. You want to be able to feel like you can go head-to-head against them and you can win those games. So um, I like I like Oklahoma. I like the Sooners. Going going on and winning that game, uh, the Catamounts will fall to 0-2, but hopefully things will look up in the third week. Next game, we have a toss-up right here between the Citadel and Charleston Southern. Charleston Southern can play against the triple option considering how close that game was with Kennesaw in the spring season, but, and a big but, They can't let the Citadel unleash the staple of running backs or it will be a long, well, (laughs) let me not say long, a rather really quick game that the Citadel can take over the game offensively. Defensively, the Citadel may be able to compete with the Bucs, and I think we'll see a different Bulldog team than we did in the spring, and I could be 100% wrong. And they could have a suspect defense. However, this is a pride game uh, for Charleston. Who can claim Charleston? And I'm going to take the underdog. Citadel improves one-to-one. Moving on, Chad versus North Alabama. Mocks go 2-0. I think this is the best team in the conference at the moment, so no doubt in my mind they can beat the brakes off of North Alabama. I don't really know much about that team, but I'm still going to ride with the Mocks. I just feel like in the FCS especially, uh, the Mocks can compete with any team in any conference. I just feel really confident about that team. Again, um, depends on their quarterback situation, but I just feel like even if they don't know the quarterback situation, they don't have the greatest quarterback I still feel like their rushing tag is good enough, and I feel like their defense can help them win games. So I'm going to go with the mocks. Furman versus Tennessee Tech. Like I said for last week, it depends on if the quarterback situation at Furman is figured out and if the quarterback looks good and he can get help get the run game going. This is going to be a very dominant Paladin offense. In other words, can the offensive line pass protect well? Can the quarterback put the ball in the right places? They do this. I fully believe they'll make it a blowout game against Tennessee Tech. If they can't, it's a tight game. And that ends with Furman barely skating by. So Dens go 2-0. ETSU takes on UAV Wise. I've never heard of UAV Wise. So I, I don't know what exactly to expect, but I do know that they're a Division II school, and that's what Google told me. So I'm riding with Google because Google's never wrong, right? Yeah, don't, don't quote me on that one. And they played in some uh, close games. That's what UAV Wise did. They're a Division II school that played in some close games in the spring. But their defense will give up some points, like a lot of points. ETSU is a team that will hurt them offensively, and their defense will be able to contain their offense just as well. That sounded confusing. Let me rephrase. ETSU is a team that will hurt UAV Wise offensively, and the Bucks' defense will be able to contain UAV's offense uh, just as well as their offense can hurt UAV's defense. Still sounded weird to say. I'm not going to say it's a size mismatch about for these two teams or any of the other bull job that uh, a lot of other people like to say that, oh, smaller schools can't pull off a win against a bigger, faster, stronger opponent. It's because they're smaller and they're in the FCS for a reason. That's a terrible argument, and I don't, it's, it's awful. That's the worst argument they ever have about why FBS team is better than FCS team. I, I hate that argument every time. I, it's not the right argument to have when talking to somebody that enjoys watching football. Just because a team is bigger does not mean that they're necessarily going to win. I mean, 
from all my Christianity people out there, David and Goliath. David wasn't bigger than Goliath. Goliath was a giant. But look who came out of that. My point. It's always like it's it's always those comparisons, but I'm not gonna see it as that. Um so I just I just feel like ETSU is gonna be the better team. And that's just personally I feel like they will be. I think they can handle that game with no sweat. So ETSU one and one. VMI versus Kent State. I'm gonna say VMI performs extremely well and finds a way to beat Kent State. So yes, I am gonna say it FCS over FBS upset. Call it right now. Tell ESPN, call everybody, tell them VMI over Kent State. Mark it down. If it happens, you guys know who said it first. Seth Morgan and company find a way to route up the Golden Eagles defense. I'm willing to give them a shot, and I hope they aren't a fluke team. It's just a story that a lot of people are going to wonder about this team around the SoCon and the FCS. So if they they, they do win this game, yeah, the key debts are they're legit, and they're, they're going to contend for their title once again. Cadets 2-0. Mercer versus Alabama. In the words of my good friend Noah Gurley, roll tide roll. First is Bama, one of the most dominant programs in college football. Some of the best football players, well-coached football players. I mean, heck, they just won the, the national title. These guys are more legit, and they're way too legit to quit. I mean, these, these guys are some real athletes, some real football players. And Mercer, they have some real football players as well, but it's like playing an NFL team when it when it comes to playing Alabama. I mean, these guys are just these guys are phenomenal. I mean, just a really good football team. They they come to play day in and day out. They don't care who the opponent is. Coach Saban's gonna make sure you they're they're gonna get that work in and they're gonna make sure that they're gonna dominate in every form of the fashion, just like they've dominated college football for so many years. And I'm just gonna say they're not gonna slip up against those against the guys from making. I just don't see that happening. And there's not much of a reason to go into this uh, much more than what I have so far, but I'm just going to go with Bama. But best of luck to Mercer. I think the Citadel played them pretty good a couple years ago um, when Furman came to Mercer and played them that day and won the conference championship. Slight, yes, that was a slight to Mercer. But um, I, hey, if you guys play them close in the first half and y'all find a way to make it a really close game in the second half, that's great. I, I hope you guys shock everybody doing that when beating Bama, but. I don't see it happening. I don't think anybody that has an opinion in college football sees it happening. I don't think anybody that has an opinion in the world sees it happening. But as long as y'all believe that you can do it, hey, sky's the limit. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, Mercer Falls a one and one Finally, Sanford versus UT Martin. This will be a good game. I think this is the game of the week. Sanford will get a challenge out of UT Martin. UT Martin played in some close games that were winnable. You can say the same thing about Sanford, except Sanford let teams come back on them. So if Sanford can make some stuff shake offensively, I think they're going to be in a good spot. I do expect the Bulldogs to pull out a big W out of this, but I could be wrong, and UT Martin may show up and shock everybody. But just from what I know from Sanford's passing attack, what they do on offense and how well their defense can play, and what I've seen about the stats with UT Martin, I'm going to go with Sanford. So Sanford is going to go to 2-0. So my current standings after week two as follows. VMI, 2-0. Sanford, 2-0. Furman, 2-0. UTC, 2-0. Mercer, 1-1. Waffee, 1-0. ETSU, 1-1. Western Carolina, 0-2. And the Citadel, 1-1. Wow. What a week. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting week for college football for the SOCON. I think it's going to be a lot of great teams playing. There's going to be some very winnable games for some SOCON matchups. And... um, yeah, I mean, 
should be a solid week. It really should. Week two is going to be great. Now, week three, it's going to be a lot more interesting as we get ready to narrow out um, the end of -of out-of-conference play and start to push forward to conference play. Stay tuned for the second half of the episode with Chris Edmonds, uh, safety from Sanford University, All-American consensus from the spring 2021 season and preseason All-American votes and actually named preseason, uh, preseason All-American, excuse me, for the 2021 fall season. Small break. Chris, oh man, this is a, this is an honor. Because I think the last time I saw you, uh, you were returning an interception against my team uh, in Paladin Stadium. <laughs> Unfortunately Appreciate for you guys, though, uh, we, we came back and won that game in overtime. And that's that's definitely right. something I'm going to talk about at some point later down the line. But, uh, man, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. Doing great. How about you? Hey, man, I, I'm blessed. I'm blessed to have this conversation with you, man. Because you, what, 2020, really 2021 season, uh, in the spring, voted All-American, hands down, by do- by doggone by everybody. Hands down, All-American by everybody. And then coming into the to the fall for 2021, where the real season is going to happen, preseason All-American as well. And I feel like for every All-American, there's always a journey that, that's always a part of that, where that title comes from. And I'm pretty sure you do have a journey like that. So just tell me about yourself. Uh, tell me where you're from. All those things. I want to get to know you. Um, so I'm from Phoenix City, Alabama. I don't know if you know where that's at. Okay, I don't um, know where that's at. <laughs> <laughs> it's about it's about two and a half hours um from Birmingham. It's down it's near uh it's down near Auburn, Alabama. Okay. Now down near that area. Um I went to Brookstone High School in Columbus, Georgia, class of 2019. Um Coming out of high school, I really jumped on to I got I jumped on to recruiting and stuff like late. You know, I really in high school, really in high school, I thought I was gonna play college basketball. You know, I thought ball was life coming out of high school. But um, you know what I'm saying? Probably my junior year, I probably realized that I really want to play college basketball, I'll start taking football more serious. Um, I if I would I probably I wish I would have took football a little more serious earlier. Uh so Went to a few camps. I went to like a few camps going into my uh, going into my senior year. Um, teams were looking at me, giving me a, a lot of interest. A few teams in the SoCon, like Stanford, uh, Wofford, uh, Furman gave me some interest in uh, Kennesaw State. But uh, none of them were ready to throw the uh, offers, just a lot of uh, PWOs. So um, I ended up choosing Stanford, uh, preferred walk-on. Um, let's see. First season I got there. I actually, I started off uh, my first season was at cornerback. So I played corner my first season, right? Um, First three games, I didn't play at all. You know what I'm saying? I was just, you know, freshman, I thought I was going to get red-shirted. There's uh, one guy, a guy ahead of me got injured, so I had to play special teams. So I probably, I finished the rest of that season now, like like the last seven or eight games starting on special teams. I maybe played two games on defense against Furman and Auburn that year. And then we got a, like a new defensive staff come in, come, comes in that year. And so uh, it just gave me a new opportunity to with new coaches coming in. Um, then we had COVID hit. So we had a long break coming off. And I used that COVID as, uh, as a time to just really work on my craft, get better, because we, we had a long time by ourselves. And I knew that a lot of guys like 
probably wasn't working. So well, they even if they were working, I just made it a point to myself that I was going like work hard and make sure that I was able to get on the field on defense actually start this year. So um, I was doing a lot of tour days by myself. Well, not by myself, but with some of the guys that um, come down here from my hometown down here, uh, making sure I work out, got stronger, got faster, worked on my uh, my feet a lot. So came time to fall camp and stuff like that. I did enough to, you know, impress the coaches to get in the starting lineup and the rest is history, you know, huh? The rest is history. Hey, man, I, I like that because I know when um, when COVID hit, I guess, you know, from a different uh, standpoint for, I guess, somebody that played in another university, two of the days were crucial. I mean, you, you want to train, you want to get better at something. You don't want to be the same person that comes back um, to play a season that you were last season. You want to be a different person. You want people to acknowledge, right. like, uh, this guy's been working. He's a different, totally different person than what he was basically a year ago. I mean, that's that's a big transition, especially working on your craft. So while you were at home, what at what point did you know, like, because you did say your defense staff came in, a new defense staff came in. Did you knew did you know they were going to move you to safety or was that always the plan? How did how did that come in? Okay, so um beginning okay, so the new defensive staff came in um the, that they came in at spring of 2020, right? Okay. Um so um, the coach had told me, he was like, we want to, you know, Sam, try to like work you at safety a little bit, but maybe still have you a corner. So just like learn both. So that, that's just that's basically right there. So I was just preparing myself to make sure I knew both positions. Okay. So I guess, you know, when you get to go against uh, Chris, you know, and, and uh, wasn't it Liam Welch every practice, I, I know you're pretty, you get pretty good looks because both, both right. of those guys are really good quarterbacks, I will say that, and Liam's a really right. good quarterback. And uh, I heard that he's coming back for this fall. Am I, am I correct on that? Yes, he is. Oh, man, that's that's another team. I, I really got you guys as a top three team in the conference that could win it all. I, I think that there were some games that got away from you guys uh, in the spring that I know that you guys are going to want back, and I feel like you had right. that opportunity this fall to get those back. Um, now, so you were saying that, uh, other schools in the SoCon were looking at you. Furman was one of them. Uh, some got some schools outside of the Kennesaw State, but no one was serious about throwing an offer at you. What was it about Sanford besides, you know, them more than likely taking a chance on you and you earning the scholarship there? What was it about them that really stood out to you to why this was probably the best place to call home instead of going somewhere else, maybe like the Furman or Kennesaw State, where you probably still have the same opportunities, but – what else was it about Sanford that said, all right, this is going to be my my home for the next four to five years? Uh, really, I feel like uh, it wasn't, first of all, it wasn't too far from home, two and a half hours. Um, they were the first ones to actually, you know what I'm saying, like give me a look and offer me the, uh, the PWO. Um, I went on my visit there, you know what I'm saying? I loved everything about it. Uh, the, you know, I love the city of Birmingham. The school academically is a great school. Uh, they have my major, which is uh, health science. Um, and then I had a former teammate that I played with in high school, actually, Josh Long. And on my my uh, recruiting visit, he, uh, he you know, he had me at my recruiting visit. And so, you know what I'm saying? He just showed me a, he showed me a good time. Uh, so I really enjoyed myself. And that's really all I needed to see, right, uh, when I went up there on my recruiting visit. That's beautiful. So out of all those things, what was your favorite activity to do, to do while on that visit? I, I want to know what the party life is like at Sanford. Because I, I know what it's like at Furman. 
know what it's like at Wofford. <laughs> I want to know what it's like at Sanford. That's what I want to know. Um, party life. It's, you know what I'm saying? No, it's no partying on campus, but um, outside of outside of campus, the city of Birmingham, um, that's pretty, it's pretty decent party life-wise. I haven't really been like everywhere. Right. Because, you know, COVID and all that stuff, but for the most part, it's it's pretty decent for the most part. Okay, okay. So I still, yeah, I still got some more exploring to do though. Okay, well, make sure you have you have a little bit, a little bit of fun for me then. In the meantime, <laughs> um, you. so you played high school basketball, and if I'm not mistaken, because I do, I like to do my research. I like to go around and figure out some things. I did see you were a part of a thousand point club, if I'm not mistaken. Is that is that that's that's still accurate? Yes, sir. So tell me, tell me a little bit about that. Cause you said that you played high school basketball and that was like your passion for a while. And then you kind of said, you know what, I'm gonna go with football. But what was it about basketball that really got you going? Mm, I don't know. I'm just, I love basketball since I was a little kid. Um, you know, my favorite player being LeBron James growing up. I just always had that, that sweet spot for basketball. Like my freshman year coming in high school, I didn't play football. Right. Cause I was just so focused on basketball. So. I've just always had that love for basketball since I, since I was a little kid. So, in a way, you're kind of like a Madden, uh, my my franchise or franchise mode character. In a way, that's kind of that's kind of cool because <laughs> one, you know, he wasn't a football player his freshman year, and then he got into it. Ah, long story, but um, <laughs> that's that's great, man. And so now I want to recap uh, this season. And did you ever expect that this would be the type of success that you would have had? Uh yes, because I knew uh the work that I put in on off season, you know, I'm a firm believer in in that and that the tongue is a powerful thing. And I told myself like this is the type of season that I wanted to have this uh that this year. And so and I just gotta I gotta give it to my coaches. They put me in great positions to make plays. My teammates will be in my first like college like starts and stuff like that. They were always on like very encouraging to me and just, you know what I'm saying, they were behind me all the, the whole time of the season and my coaches and my family as well. So big shout out to all of them. And what was your favorite moment from the whole season? Like what, what particular moment do you look back at and you're just like, man, that was, whew, I do that any every day, all day. You just say the, say the word, I'll do it all again. Um, Probably the Wofford game. Why the Wofford game? Uh... Wofford, they were ranked. They were ranked. I think they were ranked number twenty. Mm-hmm. They came in. Um, we jumped up out. We jumped off. Uh, I think they got up on us at first. And I think we just that was the first game that we played like a full complete game from first to the fourth quarter. A lot of other games that we played in, we only played like a good like three quarters, two quarters. So that was like the first game we played a, a full four quarters of a good football. Mm-hmm. And so that's why. Okay, okay. And now since you just brought up about playing about a few quarters, what happened in the Furman game? I, I'm very curious. On on that, Man. On, that t- on your <laughs> team, what, what happened? Because it was 24 to like seven. I, I think right. you, you had us dead to rights, blowout in Palin Stadium, probably the, the biggest complete upset that could have ever happened there. Dead to rights. How did that game, what, what happened on the defensive standpoint to give up? You know, about what thirty-five points down the line. What, what was you know what what happened? Um, I feel like as a team we got relaxed. Mm-hmm. You know, 
we we went we up 24-7. Even in the fourth quarter, we still up two scores with like six minutes up in the fourth quarter. And I think as a team, we just got relaxed and we just thought, you know what I'm saying, that we had the game in the bag and we we didn't finish. And so that's one thing we've been heavily preaching on. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's been just working on finishing. We got to learn how to finish. So that's just that that's it. I think that's just the main part about it. We didn't finish, and that's what we got to do. So what was what was the message, I guess, in the in the, you know, at, at the end of the game, like any, you know, your team captains, your head coach, any, you know, words of encouragement to be like, hey, you know, that was a hard fought game. You guys fought well, but what you know, what, 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 what could, you know, what was the message behind all of that to like get you going, at least for the remaining games left in the spring? Um, playing, this is college football. You're playing at a high level, Division One college football, no matter like how, no matter how much you're winning by, no matter what you're doing, like you got to finish, you got to, you can't relax on any team mm-hmm. because they're not, you know what I'm saying? They're not just going to give up and hand you to win, no matter how bad you're winning, no matter how much you're up by. So you got to finish. All right. And now the, I feel like the biggest team that will that a lot of people think will repeat their success is BMI. And BMI does have a they have a lot coming back. They're one of the better teams in the conference, which is funny because I was telling Seth Morgan this the other day. BMI used to be the joke of the conference, and, and anybody that's a part of SoCon football will agree to this. They will testify to it. They will go with it. BMI was the joke of the SoCon. All of a sudden, spring twenty twenty one. They want to be the world beaters, the underdogs, and they want to come out and they want to win the conference, which is incredible. All, all props to them because they changed my perspective on them. I don't see them as a team that used to be the, the joke of the conference. I feel like they're now they're one of the better teams in the conference now. And I feel like they were always like that. And it's just now that it all came together. So now my point being with all that being said, I feel like Sanford's also a team too that has potential to be the SoCon champs for this fall as well. Same with Chattanooga. Exactly. I feel like you guys are my top three teams that really have an impact, especially now that Liam – I know that Liam Welch is coming back. I feel like you guys are the top three teams no matter what. So, out of all the teams in the in the conference, which team do you – or do you look forward to playing the most out of all of them that you're like – that you circle every – you know, that you'll circle this year, you'll probably circle the following season, you're like – I can't wait. Like, this is a game that I know that it's going to be fun, and I can't wait to get after their quarterback, the running back, the receivers. I'm going to get after everybody on that team. Honestly, I'm, we, we really got everybody circled. Okay. Yeah, we honestly, I mean, we got everybody circled. I feel like we got unfinished business with every team. So, mm-hmm. we, got, we lost a lot of close ones, a lot of close at the end that we – most definitely should have won. So everybody circled. Okay. So yeah, shoot. Now you you looking forward to having some big picks this year? I can tell some probably some more pick sixes. Well, it won't be in Pally in the stadium, unfortunately. Won't be able to <laughs> um. So I, a couple things left that I, I definitely want to make sure we hit. Um, one of those being the NIL name, image, and likeness. Uh, really, tomorrow will be the I guess be the first day when that NCAA will pass that, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And you are in a really good position right now. Pre, All-American and then now preseason All-American for this fall. Do you feel like something like this could change the game for you? Because it's different for athletes who don't come from, and I don't know, I don't know your situation. So, mm-hmm. but it's different for certain athletes that don't come from the best backgrounds that their parents are struggling. And then there's also athletes who come from a really good background where their parents aren't struggling. 
And but right. still that you still the parents still got to feed money to athletes to maybe get gas. You know, you may you may have a car. I don't know. But if you do have a car, you got to pay for gas. You know, right. you pay for so many different things. And sometimes the food at the dining hall may not be the best. And you might want to go out and might want to spend a little money. So right. how, do you feel like this will be a great thing for you, the name, image, and likeness for you to be able to get sponsorships? How, like, can you elaborate what, you know, what that would mean to you if a business were to come to you and say, hey, like, we will, we want to sponsor you? Uh, most definitely. I think it will be a great thing, not only for myself, but all the other college athletes out here. Because, you know what I'm saying, just like you were saying, like, you never know, like, another person's struggle, like, where they come from or what they have to go through and stuff like that. So just a little extra money in their pocket just to help them, you know what I'm saying, through anything. So I think it'll be I think it'll be great for us. Well, at the same time, do you think it could be a distraction potentially? So, like, let's say you're in the season and mm -hmm. let's say if Nike wanted to sponsor you, because let's say you had – two pick sixes against Furman in, in a game in Birmingham, and you, you just completely go off, SOCOM player of the week, all this stuff, and Nike says, hey, we want to sponsor you. Do you feel like this happening in the middle of the season, do you think that would be a distraction for you and the team, sponsorship-wise, or do you feel like it's something where you could kind of tune out the noise and you're more locked in on what's happening in the mm -hmm. season? I think it'll only be a distraction if you let it be a distraction. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So. If that comes your way, you just, you know what I'm saying, that's 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 great. That's that's a beautiful thing. So you just got to take that, you know what I'm saying, be humble, thankful for that, but make sure you focus on, you know what I'm saying, what the goals are that you set ahead of yourself for the season for the team. So it'll only it can only be a distraction, a distraction if you let it be a distraction. So do you feel like some guys are gonna be a little bit more selfish now that you're playing for yourself instead of the team? Or do you think that won't be like a a, a, a real thing to where guys aren't gonna be as selfish and it's still about the team at the end of the day? Well, I mean, I can't speak for, you know what I'm saying, guys on, like, other teams. But as for, you know what I'm saying, on our team, I don't think guys will be selfish, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that – I feel like, you know what I'm saying, guys will – if that comes their way, they'll humbly humbly accept it, you know what I'm saying. And, you know what I'm saying, they will still work hard for the team. They won't be selfish for the team. They won't be selfish. So I don't think – I don't think it'll be a distraction like that. All right. All right. Switching, switching gears just a little bit here. Um, so you're just put on full scholarship, if I'm not mistaken, right? So yeah, how sure. long how long ago was that? Um, that came at the end of the season. I think uh, I want to say April. April. So how, what was the? I guess what was the circumstance for it to come out the way it did? Like, how did the coach tell you? Like, just play that moment back for me because I always find it interesting. I love stories like that where walk on guys end up getting scholarships. I, I love stories like that because it means a lot to. I was a scholarship guy, and, I, and it means a lot to me to see walk-ons get that same opportunity that I got when I was coming in as well. And um, it, it's, it's a beautiful feeling to capture that. So just retell that moment for me. Uh, so I'm, I remember like it was yesterday. Uh, I was just, you know what I'm saying, chilling in a room maybe, and I got a coach, uh, coach from the text telling me to meet him in his office and stuff like that. And so, you know what I'm saying, he, just, he was having to sit down talking to me about the season I had and stuff like that. And at the end of the meeting, he was just, he just told me like, we're going to put you on full scholarship. And I just remember like, you know what I'm saying? My heart kind of dropped. Like I didn't even know, what to, I didn't really know what to say, honestly. You know what I'm saying? I was just happy. You know what I'm saying? But they had like, the coaches had already like talked to my mom and told her that I was going to be on full scholarship and she didn't even tell me. She just, she holding out on me and stuff like that. So, but you know, I love her. But um, yeah. And so then 
at the end of the, uh, we had like our, we didn't get to do like our team photos and stuff before uh, before the season. So we're doing all our team photos and stuff and uh, handing out awards and stuff like that. And then he just, you know what I'm saying? He announced it to the team and everybody like kind of tried to jump on me and stuff like that. So it was crazy, you know what I'm saying? So how, what was that moment like talking with your mom about it? Cause I know moms are, they they always give those great grandmother prayers, you know, especially from the South, you know, they, mother, mom's prayers are hands down right. the best prayers that you can ever get in your life. So the best think, ones. What was it like talking with your mom about it? I know she was probably ecstatic through the roof, excited for you, but just, just tell me what was it like talking with your mom about it? Man, it was, it was crazy. Um, It was just, it was just crazy. It was great to just see all, like all the hard work and all the prayers that have just like finally paid off. I know, cause I know she's been praying for me, praying hard for me, just waiting on this happen, waiting on this happen, and just to see the uh, excitement and the joy in her face. Just having a conversation with her was just, you know, what I'm saying, just I just made me happy. You know, what I'm saying, I just thank God for that. And so, I don't know, I can't, I really can't thank, you know, what I'm saying, God and her enough for, you know, what yeah. I'm saying, what they done for me. Shoot, man, you getting me emotional thinking about that, man. That's that's, that's beautiful, <laughs> man. So. And you're saying that you went to high school in Georgia. Are you? Do you happen to be an Atlanta sports fan of any of any kind, or a Georgia sports fan of any kind? Not a single one. Nope. Oh, gosh, man, how'd you stay in Georgia and get away with that? I don't understand. I can understand not being a Georgia Bulldogs fan because I, I I don't understand the hype behind them. But maybe was, a Hawks fan. fan. You said I what? I was an Alabama fan growing up. Oh, roll time. Roll time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, time, huh? Okay, I, I got, I got a team. I got a, a high school teammate that plays at Alabama. Brian Branch, he's a DB. He's a, he's a really good guy. But okay, Alabama fan. What about basketball? What what sports team kind of grabbed your attention from basketball? No, you say um, you're a Brown fan. College college basketball, Duke. That was my that's yeah. my favorite team. Okay. Um, in the NBA, you know, I'm a LeBron fan. So oh, wherever LeBron goes, you know, what I'm saying <laughs> that's that's who I'm that's who I'm rocking with. Wherever LeBron goes. So you telling me LeBron could have went if LeBron goes to the Kings, you rooting for the Kings? Sadly, that's sickening. A, that's sickening. I, I, I would I would root for them from afar though. You know what I'm saying? That's sickening from afar. That's <laughs> that's, that's disgustingly sick. All right, so I'm asking you repeating on this. You're a basketball guy. All mm -hmm. right, Suns. So Suns and Clippers played tonight. All right, this would be game six. Do you think the Clippers right. will force a game seven, or do you feel like the NBA is ready for a game seven to happen, or do you feel like the Suns will pull it off and it'll end the series four to two, and then it'll be on the East and between the Hawks and the, the Bucks? I, I just want your I want your opinion on that, on that. Honestly, I do think I do think the Clippers will force a game seven. Mm -hmm. I, sometimes I do I do think the NBA is rigged. Sometimes okay, because but. The Clippers, they have been playing great and when it comes to like elimination type moments. So I do think they'll force a game seven. Okay. I think they're gonna win the series. I think they're gonna win the series, honestly. Whoa, whoa. I like I like the Clippers to come back and win the series. You know, I'm really oh. not a fan. I'm not a fan of the Suns since they put my boy LeBron out of the playoffs. So I'm hoping <laughs> that the Clippers. Hey man, the Clippers D, hey look, the D Book and the homies, man, they've been playing great. I don't know about that. I I, I like the Suns yeah. coming out of that, man. I think the, I think it's the young boys turn to to make it to the finals. And so then on the east side between the Hawks and the uh, Bucks, what, what about them? After watching that Giannis injury, I, I like the Hawks to win. 
Okay. All right. I'm about to say now. You didn't say odds, man. We're going to have a problem. I might have to put the pads on and make sure I get work my way to the safety level. Okay. All right. I like that. And now on the NFL side, what about your favorite team there? I, you know, I never really had a favorite team in the NFL. Okay. But I might, I might hop on the Titans bandwagon. I might hop on the Titans bandwagon. That hurt, man, because you know Julio, that was my guy, man. That, that hurt me. Yeah. Right yeah, I might hop on the Titans bandwagon. Okay, so I'm sorry. So too early to tell Super Bowl picks. What two teams make it? As <sighs> much as I hate to say this, Somehow, some way, Brady's gonna find his way back in the Super Bowl. He, he probably will. I feel like they'll go seventeen and zero. To be honest with you, I, they're just that talented. And I think, I think, I think we could possibly see a rematch. Okay, I was thinking a rematch, a rematch too, rematch. but I I, I'm a, on paper though, I'm gonna say the Browns. I think the, I think it'll be Browns versus Bucks. That is just the way the Browns mm. are stacked. I, I think they're I'll Browns think they're are the Browns are stacked. They are I stacked. stacked. I don't know. I don't know how they won't make it back. They don't make it back. I feel like it's a failure in that whole franchise. It might be. Right, it yeah. might be cursed, just like Atlanta franchise being cursed too. <laughs> oh, Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta franchise is a curse. You telling me, man? On my way, getting ready to leave, go to college, and the, and the Falcons are in the Super Bowl, twenty-eight to three. <laughs> me and my dad were like, "Oh, they're gonna cancel no, schools. It. Like we gonna be in the streets, right. Atlanta, just turning up, 35-28 later. Come on, man. That, right. That, just, that hurts. <laughs> that hurts. Well. It's always fun talking to other guys in the conference because you guys always – it just adds more perspective to the bigger picture, uh, what it means to be a SOCON football player. Uh, I feel like this This is also, you know, again, conference. a lot of teams come out of this conference. Clemson came out of this conference. UGA came out of this conference. A lot of teams came out of this conference that a lot of people um, know today. And so to have athletes like you, you know, that have played really well and that have earned a scholarship – also being an All-American and having high hopes for another season, this is, is, what, is what makes it beautiful to be a football player. So, you know, thank you for doing this. I'm very honored to talk to you about this. And um, I, I, I want to end off by asking a couple, couple more things. And this is more, again, kind of coming back to football. Um, what, are, what are the expectations for this fall in terms of, would it, not, not only for, for the team, but for yourself, what would you like to see you do a little bit better in the fall that you felt like you didn't do as well in the spring. And then as a team, what, what, what's the, what's the culture like for going, for going towards this fall for this season? What's the, what's the cultural approach now? Um, so I, I feel like after this, this, this spring, I think we have like a big like cultural like change mm -hmm. and the right and towards the right direction. Um, I feel like we ended, we ended the spring off pretty strong. Uh, we won our last two games. Um, I, so I think there's a big cultural change coming through. So I'm very excited to get back on campus, you know what I'm saying, and get started with the guys because I feel like this, I mean, this is our year. I feel like this is our year to go ahead and win uh, the win conference. And um, so I'm very excited. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get back with the guys and uh, start back working out. And um, for myself, I, uh, I just want to be more consistent. I think I, I got to be more consistent. Um, you know what I'm saying? I have like I had them two great stretches, like with a back-to-back weeks and stuff like that. But then uh some games, you know what I'm saying, I'll be I miss a few tackles and stuff like that. Or, you know what I'm saying? I just got I just want to be more consistent in what I do and my craft and stuff like that. That's great. Well, again, thank you for doing this. Um I, I'm pretty sure big things are gonna keep happening for you. Uh I hope I hope you do get to a point where you know you 
make it to the league. That'd be great to be able to say I interviewed an NFL football player. And I hope, I hope <laughs> you get to join that extensive list, you know, with Delvin Hodges at some point. Um, again, this is this was fun just talking with you. Uh, I really do Thank hope you. that you have another All-American season. Uh, just you. being a Furman alum, I hope it's not – I hope you don't play as well, but I hope you play well against Furman. Don't get me wrong. I hope you play well. Um, <laughs> I hope you I hope you crush uh, Wofford. Uh, I, well, whoever, the next Wofford player I get, I'm going to make sure I let them know that it's still bad blood there, but I hope you crush <laughs> Wofford. hope you guys play really well. And, again, you guys are my top – you know, one of my top three teams. So – uh, ball out. Good luck to you. Good luck to your coach. Uh, good luck to your teammates and continue to represent the SOCOM. Looking forward to seeing big things from you guys. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. No problem, man. Take care. You too.